Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah! Greetings, listeners, and welcome to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. Your hosts today are me, Ty Kersley. And I'm Sarah Germaine Lilly. November is Transgender Awareness Month. Each year, trans people, especially trans women of color, are targeted for living their lives and killed by gun violence. On November 20th, Trans Day of Remembrance, GAG partnered with NYC Youth for Trans Rights and Clinton Gay Straight Alliance. On our show today, our in memoriam, Coco Dadal. Report back on our GAG action with Ty Kersley and an interview with Kiara St. James of the New York Trans Advocacy Group, also known as NITAG. And to wrap up, a beautiful song, Love Shine, that reminds us to resist gun violence by a new gag member, Arene Mastrangeli. But first, our in memoriam. Thank you to Kathy Marino-Thomas for writing this and Libby Edwards for producing it. Coco Dadal, one of the stars of the documentary Kokomo City, was found dead on April 18th in Atlanta. She was 35. Coco, whose non-performance name was Rashida Williams, starred in the Sundance Film Festival documentary Kokomo City, along with Daniela Carter, Leah Mitchell, and Dominique Silver. The documentary depicts the lives of several black transgender sex workers who live in Atlanta and New York City. It has been lauded for its realistic depiction of the various ways the women navigate their identities and their work. After the film won two awards, the Hollywood Reporter said, Mitchell, Carter, Silver, and Coco Dadal take us through their introductions to sex work, try to reconcile the demands of survival with the risks of the job, offer the most authentic versions of themselves, and express their variegated relationship to black cis people. In the film, Williams discusses sex work as a way for her to help avoid homelessness for her mother, sister, and herself. After the theatrical release of the film, Theo Bugby wrote in a New York Times review, Coco brims with vitality, ambition, and insight. This is not a model in film. Instead, it is a movie with heroines who fight tooth and nail for their lives and their self-worth. Besides appearing in the film, Coco was a rapper. She spent her childhood in Southside College Park and was based in Atlanta. As a teenage rap artist, she released singles in 2020 and 2022. A song she created is featured in the 2023 season of The Shy. I will be the reason there are more opportunities and doors opening for transgender girls, Coco once wrote on Instagram. What you've done here for me is going to save a lot of lives. Atlanta police found Coco with a gunshot wound near a strip mall. Authorities pronounced her dead at the scene. A 17-year-old male, whose name was not released, was arrested on April 26 in connection with Coco's death. He turned himself in after Atlanta police issued a warrant for murder, aggravated assault, and possession of a firearm during the commission of a felony. Rashida Williams, Coco Dadal, 
We remember you. Ty, Coco's shooter was a 17-year-old with access to a gun. Changing the laws and culture around the age of access to deadly weapons can save so much suffering. We honored Coco at Washington Square Park, as we did so many others, um, but we could count those numbers, and, and I don't think you can count that the amount of lives destroyed by gun violence, not just, just lost. Well, to get back to Trans Day of Remembrance and Transgender Awareness Month, November 20th was our action for Transgender Remembrance Day. There was a special event in Washington Square Park that GAG was active in to commemorate it. Can you tell us how it was organized and how Gays Against Guns participated? This year, we met up with some youth groups. The New York City Youth for Trans Rights, which we've had on the show before, and Clinton Gay Straight Alliance. They are students in New York, and they put together the ceremony. There was a moment of silence. They had 72 candles lit. Uh, they were also just speaking to everyone. If anyone needs help, they were there for them. And it was just sort of great to see this generation of younger uh, activists. We did bring in our human beings. Uh, we had uh, Coco was represented uh, along with 20-plus uh, other members that of the trans community, uh, non-binary and two-spirit that were lost to gun violence. And a lot of individuals came up, read their stories, talked to us. And the event itself, it's always cold, uh, but it wasn't that cold this year. It was bright out. Uh, Ty, what were some of the reactions like to the human beings underneath the, uh, underneath the arch there at Washington Square Park? Well, we had a lot of interest. Um, there's anything is going on in that park, you know, especially by the uh, arch at any time. But we did have a lot of people stop and take pictures and and look and learn how young some of these uh, lives lost were, especially this year. So it was impactful that way, uh, as well as people were very respectful. You know, obviously, you're just going about your day and then we're saying, no, you have to pay attention. These these people aren't here anymore. So um, I, I think everyone was very respectful and uh and it was actually very lovely to see these young students um, activated, bringing their own uh, voice to this fight. Yeah, well, you see the ripples in the community. No, it's been a wonder in the last couple of years, just seeing what the reaction is, even with the government having, you know, government buildings with light blue and pink and white, um, the, the trans colors lighting up our government buildings in the state. It's, it's, it's very inspirational. Yeah. Well... We, you can see all of the trans, non-binary, two spirits lost to gun violence this year on Instagram and on our Human Beings Facebook page. This is Radio Gag, the Gays Against Gun Show. If you want to see a reinstatement of a nationwide ban on assault rifles, please contact your lawmakers and urge them to pass this essential legislation. Thank you. Next up, we are very pleased to welcome to Radio Gag, Kiara St. James of the New York Trans Advocacy Group. Hey, listeners, we are here today with Josh Jaden, Kiara St. James, and I'm Sarah Lilly. 
and we are so excited about welcoming Kiara St. James of the New York Trans Advocacy Group. Kiara is a social justice warrior with a strong belief in the intersectionality of issues. There is no such thing as a one issue community. Kiara just gave me that quote from Audre Lorde. So thank you for evoking the poet and the goddess this morning and welcome to Radio Gag. Welcome, Kiara. Thank you so much. Yeah, so Kiara, we're so happy to have you joining us today. And what we'd like to do is have a conversation around your background, uh, the mission at NITAG, the organization that you advocate on behalf of. Tell us just a little bit about your background and how you got involved in the work that you do. Yeah, um, thank you for that, Josh. Um, I would say that the reason why, I've, I've been an activist for over 20 years, um, and I, during that time, I was sick and tired of going to conferences where um, when they talked about the trans community, specifically black and brown trans folks, women, um, they were out, would always talk about you know, all the disparities that existed in our community, um, you know, and I just really got frustrated with that and speaking to other folks, like the reason why we have these issues is not because we're um, the color of our skin or because we're trans, it's because of the fact that the policies, there's not policies or protections for us. And, you know, so out of that, you know, I was speaking to some other black and brown trans women and um, the idea for New York Transgender Advocacy Group came out of that to address the root causes, right? Because we have to address, we must address the root causes of discrimination, the root causes of racism, the root causes of ignorance, <laughs> right? And so um, right. that's one of the reasons why uh, NITAG was founded to uplift and amplify the voices of black and brown TGNC folks um, and to really um, be part of the conversation and not be spoken about in an, in an abstract way, but actually be part of the conversation and most importantly, be part of the solution. We, I truly believe that we must have a solution-based outcome. And that's why I really love doing the work that I do. You know, I think that I can speak on behalf of Sarah and our listeners and a lot of folks that are a part of Gays Against Guns and other uh, gun violence advocacy organizations. When I say we are also about results and uh, getting to the root causes of uh, an issue. Right. So one of the things that we like to do is to really elevate and center victims of gun violence in America by holding space for them. And one of the things that we've always tried to do at GAG is to uh, center TGNC uh, trans and gender nonconforming folks for our listeners um, who have fallen victim to gun violence. And we did that just last week. Um, you know, this is a way that we put our bodies on the line, that we put ourselves out there. Um, tell us about some of the um, some of the ways that you see the intersectionality coming into play when it comes to gun violence and um, the trans community? Yeah, well, I, what I would say is that um, guns don't discriminate um, in regards to who mm. uh, who is killed, right? Who, who, who is impacted by um, losing family members. You know, um, I'm also from Beaumont, Texas, and um, 
you know, I, I just remember as a child um, hearing or seeing on the news how, people, you know, a baby was in their, in their room and a stray bullet went through the window and killed a baby. So, you know, all of my life, I've really been impacted by um, gun violence around me, um, how it um, impacts the trans community um, currently is um, Black trans women um, are the highest victims of gun violence in, in the country. Um, I believe we're at 66% of all um, death of trans women, of trans folks due to gun violence are mm. Black trans women. And that speaks to why there is a need to educate and inform the community about our humanity and about respecting all human life, right? The work mm -hmm. that I do, the work that we all do collectively, it's about pouring into and uplifting humanity, irregardless of what right. our identities are. And so for the Black trans community, you know, um, this year alone, um, I believe we lost five Black trans women, not so much in New York City, um, but like in um, Georgia, and Florida to gun violence. And uh, the, the sad thing is the other day while I was on Instagram, there was this video of a trans woman, this guy, this black man was asking this trans woman like, um, come here, can I talk to you? And she's like, no, I got a man, right? And he he then, then said, I don't give an F about you having a man. And he pulled out a gun and she started running. She started running as he's, he's shooting at her. And so in the comments were, unfortunately, you know, I love I love my people, I love black people, but unfortunately there's a lot of ignorance that I have to constantly go up against. And unfortunately, a lot of people in the comment was like, oh, I wish um, I wish he would have got, gotten that N word, right? Um, and so violence mm -hmm. is something within the black community when it comes to black trans women, there is always this belief that black trans women um, are deserving of the violence that um, that we get. And mm. um, so it's, it's an uphill battle to really change that perspective um, in regards to devaluing the lives of black trans women just because of your own um, insecurities or bias towards us. And so, yeah, it's, it's an ongoing issue that um, I really hope to address and amplify um, um, more, more so as we go into the next few years. Can you tell us a little bit more about the reasons why you feel like um, there's that stigma or that belief that Black trans women in particular are deserving of violence? I know, you know, folks might not have a clear understanding of why that is. Yeah, I, you know, and I say this to my cis sisters who black women, um, that black trans women face the same type of violence that cis black women, cis black women are devalued to, right? Mm -hmm. um, um, black women also face high um, um, death due to um, gun violence and often at the hands of their partners. Um, but in the case of um, black trans women, why it's a, a little bit different for us is that we don't get that sympathy. Even if we're the victim, we don't get that sympathy, 
right? And, and in, in all those cases, we're the victim of gun violence, but mm-hmm. we don't get that sympathy. Um, it's always, oh, they must have deceived the guy. They must have told, they, they, must, have, they must have not been upfront with mm. these men. And so they're deserving of what they got. And what I know, and what my, my Black trans sisters know as well, is that we are not deceiving anyone like these men, you know, they intentionally go where we where we um, um, populate, where we hang out. You know, right. there's many different um, 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 apps, um, social media apps, where mm-hmm. those conversations are being had. Most of us are very um, in our our profile. Most of my sisters in their profile, they'll talk. They'll have the trans flag. Right. Know, proud to be a black trans woman. So it's not like these men don't know. But the reality is the reason why um, there is this acceptance of, of violence towards us is rooted in um, transphobia, homophobia, but it's also rooted in socialization in regards to um, the Bible and how those religious roots and like people, mm-hmm. you know, people have sel- selective selective memory of what they want to moralize, right? So, you know, the Bible also talks about don't mix fat fabrics, you know, don't, fibers should not be, fabrics should not be mixed. Exactly. Um, stay away from like shellfish and things of that nature. Don't wear the color red. All those, the Bible says a lot of things. The Bible tells mm-hmm. folks to, if, you're, if your um, husband died, then you're supposed to marry his brother, right? Right. A lot of things that, but, that goes out the window. They don't think about that. All they think about is oh, the Bible says effeminate people, like like men should not be in women attire, da-da-da. Mm-hmm. So it's such a selective, um, um, in, intentional selective um, outrage at our existence. And um, so one of the best ways I feel to, you know, I try to do to address that, I have a lot of um, trainings with faith-based leaders, to talk about the work that I do, to talk about the Black um, TGNC community. Because um, um, at the end of the day, you know, like I, I love scriptures, like um, Jesus said, to the eunuchs I give names greater than sons and, and daughters, right? Mm-hmm. There's another one where he talks about there is no male nor female in Christ, right? And so that speaks to an acknowledgement of um, like, Gender does not matter when it comes to his love. But for some reason, people feel like God's grace should not fall upon Black trans women. And so that is where a lot of my work is, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, I love being in those spaces. Um, and surprisingly enough, um, they're not really hostile when, um, you know, after I, because I'm used to it. I grew up Kojic, Church of God in Christ. Beaumont, Texas. So I, I'm kind of prepared to like, okay, somebody, I'm, I'm gonna, I have an answer mm-hmm. for anyone if they come at me wrong. But uh, for the most part, um, when people leave, they're, you know, they tell me they really appreciate the education that I gave them, and I actually had a, like, especially older um, black women grandmothers would tell me about the children, their grandchildren, what they think are trans, and um, how can they help them. So that's where the work is going to be in in regards to humanizing Black trans women is in the church and also overall Black community. And that's one of the best ways to really address um, this this dysphobia towards us and this acceptance of violence um, being the way to to deal with it. 
This is Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. You can hear us on any podcast platform. We want to hear from you. Subscribe and leave a message after you listen. Thank you. Tell us what you love about Radio Gag or what really makes you gag about gun violence. We also urge you to get involved by joining a gun violence prevention group such as Gays Against Guns, Change the Ref, or Moms Demand Action. Right now, Gays Against Guns is in the final stages of producing a documentary about our organization and work. GAG is a place that nurtures activists and activism. And our story is of the resolve to change the gun culture and gun lobby chain of death that resulted in the loss of 49 human beings at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida in 2016. Your donation, small or large, adds to the tidal wave that creates change in America. What is our goal? To reduce deaths and injuries from gun violence. Make it your goal too. Thank you. And now back to our interview with Kiara St. James of the New York Trans Advocacy Group. I just want to jump in here because this reminds me very much of, you know, the, the ideology of rape culture, that some people deserve it. You know, I mean, they provoke uh, women who are dressed a certain way or just in the wrong place or at the wrong time. You know, take back the night. I used to go on these marches and stuff. But, you know, I, I'm also little ripples of change you're talking about the faith community there's a beautiful thing that happened in uh, park slope brooklyn a week ago about four different churches got together had a panel on trans awareness and it was hosted by park slope united methodist church church was packed a really beautiful event so there you go bringing back to the idea you know, well, what about love, you know, and, and what, what do we say and what do we live as, as people of faith, as human beings, as neighbors? So back in October, um, we launched um, um, a love rally, soft launch of our love rally. And so it's intersectional and it was really about what you're saying, love, you know, the greatest of all things is love. So we have faith-based folks as part of um, the love rally to say a prayer over the, the crowd. We had um, um, folks talking about reproductive justice, um, talking about all the anti-trans legislations, what we need, what we must do. I'm um, talking about immigrant rights, and it's it's really about what you're what you're saying. Like at the end of day, the most important thing is for us to center humanity and center it in love, center it in a way to where we don't see one group as being more disposable than another. Because if anyone sees one group as um, not being as worthy of protections, um, they're actually participating in oppression, right? If it's like, well, I don't, I don't mind LGBT folks having protections, but for trans people, yeah, I don't know. I feel I feel kind of funny about you're you're participating in oppression. You could you're mm -hmm. you're actually saying there are certain groups of people that you devalue simply because of our existence and it goes against what you've been indoctrinated to believe in. 
and what is right and what is wrong. And so, yeah, so thank you for that, Sarah. Yeah, it's all about stitching together the community and trying to avoid those splinters that happens, you know, those wedge issues or the ways that people try to divide other communities. Um, I guess what we'd love uh, to do is just sort of end on a purposeful uh, note. So Kiara, what are some ways that our listeners can get involved in the work that you do at NITAG? Yeah, thank you for that question, Josh. I would mm -hmm. say that um, definitely um, we at NITAG, New York Transgender Advocacy Group, we definitely love all of um, your listeners' support in regards to just going to our website, nitag.org, see what is going on. We're having um, different events. Um, the last event we're having this year is our gala. So we still have tickets available on our website. Um, come out. We're going to be at the center this year. It's a winter wonderland theme. Um, we're going to be talking about um, what we've accomplished, but also what we must focus on for next year. And this is something that I also did at the Love Rally. It's a call to action to remind folks that our most important um, collective power is the power to vote, right? Next year is a critical year. So I, I definitely would ask all of your listeners to make sure that they um, are registered to vote if they believe that we need to continue moving in a direction of progress where everyone um, are seen as human beings, are uplifted, are protected by the law. I'm asking you all to vote. Next year is a very critical year, like it has never been for our country. And um, I really cannot convey my concerns about next year. Um, New York New York State, um, don't think that all of New York State is liberal, because it is not. The other way that folks can, can support is, you know, donate to towards our work. A lot of um, our... Um, community members who are on panels, who are volunteers, we actually try to pay them. So through um, the audience and, and um, our sponsors' donations, generous donations, we're able to compensate um, Black and Brown TGNC folks. Um, you know, I don't believe in asking folks to, to um, give of their labor for free if I can help them. Um, the other way that folks can support is to really just the trans community, we're a very small percentage of um, the population um, in this country. And in New York, New York City, yes, there's a, a large per, um, percentage of trans folks, but I'm gonna ask for your audience to also be accomplices in mm -hmm. um, making sure if you hear transphobic remarks being made um, people make, you know, making jokes that you tell them that, you know, that is not, um, that's not, to, that's not cool, right? And that mm -hmm. um, um, just don't participate in transphobia and let folks know that trans women, trans men, gender nonconforming, gender non-binary folks, we have just as much of a right to live and exist, provide for our families, to laugh, to have joy, just like mm -hmm. everyone. Well, Kiara, thanks so much for joining us today. And for our listeners, again, that's nitag.org. Uh, tickets are available for the second annual uh, dinner gala at the center on December 15th. So visit nitag.org to get your tickets today. I know I will. 
Um, Kiara, again, thank you so much for joining us today on Radio Gag. Thank you. I really appreciate this and um, loved. And I also want to say thank you. Yeah, also, um, Gays Against Guns actually supported one of our T-Door event back in 2019. So Mm -hmm. thank you for always being in partnership with us as well. You got it. Now we are introducing you to our newest gag member, Arine Mastrangeli. Arine is a powerful musician whose music is inspired by the need to stop the killing and bring love to shine. Let's listen. Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. With Radio Gag, I am Sean Stefanik. And as you know, Gays Against Guns New York was formed in the aftermath of the Pulse Massacre in Orlando, Florida in June of 2016. 49 members of the 49 deaths, some of them from the queer community, some of them of our allies, lost their lives, with 51 people also being injured as well. It was one of the largest, the largest mass shooting at the time. And suffice it to say, our community was not going to take that lying down, as the saying goes. We're still not going to take it. There's still a lot of work we have to do. But Gays Against Guns and our many members here in New York City weren't the only ones affected by this back in June of 2016. Here, a fabulous singer, Irene Mastrangeli, has also been affected by this, and some of her music is now reflecting the uh, progression of love and taking a stand from that perspective in this move forward in the fight against gun violence. And we have her here today with us on Radio Gag. Irena, hello, welcome to Radio Gag. It is so wonderful to have you with us today. Hello, everyone. I Thank you, Sean. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, Irena, a quick question uh, while we, uh, as we get started. Um, how long have you been recording music? Were you recording music before the uh, Pulse Massacre happened? Uh, yes, I was recording music. I was writing music. I, since, you know, I was a teenager and, um, but uh, the Pulse Massacre uh, changed my writing and it had a huge, huge impact on my art. And um, I understood what my mission was uh, after the Pulse shooting. You know, that day I was actually practicing for a show coming up. And I found out about the shooting and I just, uh, I just, <laughs> I was speechless, I, heartbroken. Um, I never felt uh, the way I felt that day, you know. Um, I was aware, you know, I'm European, I'm Italian, born and raised. And I was aware of mass shootings in the States, but something just never really clicked of the um, how dramatic it was and when it hit you know our community that's when I felt like oh my god you know I it felt like it happened in my home you know and I was thinking oh like that could it be me you know in a club having fun with my friends and it, it was just devastating and so I you know still get emotional and you know I um the only thing was just, you know, go to my guitar, you know, I picked it back up. And that's, you know, I how I often 
try to deal with like these strong emotions. I just go to the instrument and, and something will come out. I like have no words, you know? And so this uh, riff on the guitar came and um, kind of like expressing the anguish I was feeling. And then the song came out, love, shine, this invocation to, to love, to shine on us, you know, restores to sanity. And um, that song um, changed my uh my writing because I started I was writing mostly love song or like you know just not really looking around me and that day I started writing song about you know what was happening what is happening around me and since then I've written many other songs about all the many other issues <laughs> happening in the world and um but that song um I have this mystical story about it. I clearly felt, you know, I, I believe song songs come to me. Um, I don't make them. Uh, I they just arrive and I say yes. And uh, and I feel that that song brought to me this message uh, saying, I need to be recorded. I need to be out in the world. I don't care how you feel or what you think. Um, and it, that song pushed out the whole album. Like I just picked up my bags, I went to Europe, I found my producer there actually in Rome. It was just this incredible adventure of this album and there is magic in this album and it all came from Love Shine. Love Shine is a song I sing. I sang almost every day during lockdown or the pandemic or tragedies in the Middle East. Like I pick up, I sing Love Shine um, as my invocation, is my prayer, you know, is my prayer. Um, and I, I have to comment, it is an absolutely beautiful song. It is a fabulous song. And I got to say, I love the video, you and the guitar. There is something so beautiful and so welcoming and so friendly and loving about you singing this beautiful, really upbeat song. It's very dramatic, but it's also upbeat. You know, it's yes. not dramatic like that. It's not like in that emo way where it's going to, you know, nail the point into their heads. It's going to no. be, this is what's happening, but we can also talk about it while remembering that we can walk forward with positivity and love. Yeah. And that's one, it's a gift, I have to say. So thank you so much for that gift. I also have another question. Um, was your music always reflective of your personal queer identity and of the community or, or was it more generic before this? That is a very good question. Thank you, Sean. Uh, I think I, I think I became, I'm, I'm really uh, came out more <laughs> if you want more clearly, you know, but that's a really great question. I, it was still, you know, it was still, it was reflective, you know, but in just here and there, I think it was still trying to hide it somehow. Um, and so I, I became a clear, you know, advocate for LGBTQ rights. Yeah. Since Love Shine, I have to say, yeah, that's, yep. <laughs> Thank you for that. Moving forward, um, is there anything specific that you would like to say or do with your messages? Specifically, I would I would ask to, to our community moving forward from all this. Yeah, I I I mean, it's to me is is you know, love is the answer. Love is the answer, and and I'm a you know nonviolence uh, <laughs> believer, um, and that's why I love you know what 
GAG does and all the organizations that are just out there, you know, and then speaking for gun control and ending, you know, gun violence uh, in a uh, peaceful way, you know, like, but also out loud. <laughs> yeah. Certainly. Uh, now, uh, now, what one for the books. Uh, why don't you tell us how it was you found out about Gays Against Guns? Oh, Gays, you know, it's interesting. I, because of my, of course, you know, for me, it's interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm Italian. We, we don't really deal so much with gun control because, you know, nobody has guns. <laughs> really, I mean, I don't know anyone and nobody really has the need to to go find one, like it, it's not in my uh, consciousness. So um, <clears throat> it's interesting that I became so strongly involved with, you know, the fight against gun violence. Um, first of all, I lived half of my life in this country. So I feel like I am, you know, both Italian and American at the same time. So the issues of this country, you know, are very important to me. Um, but I have always been a pacifist. so. My name actually means peace. You know, I, I was always fascinated with my name. I've, I've, I, since I was born, I was like, tell me about how you picked my name. I, I was always fascinated with this name. And I discovered later on that it means peace in the in the spelling. So my spell, the original spelling is Irene with an I, right? And we say Irene. But in the States, I changed it to, you know, E-R-E-N-E -E, so that I wouldn't be automatically Irene, which I don't... Uh, I don't relate to it. it's not my name you know <laughs> like, I, when I hear it I don't recognize myself so um and that is covered in the process of changing my spelling that that's actually the original Greek spelling it's a Greek name and it means peace and I, I think that to bring peace into the world it it, it just is being since birth it's like a mark I don't know so for me, this gun control issue is, is and, and fighting against gun violence is in the context of this larger, you know, a fight of, you know, fight, I think is not a great word in the context of word piece, you know, and, um, and that's why I care about it so much. Uh, uh, and uh, Gays Against Guns, I because of my interest, you know, I just, I follow all the you know, all the organizations, you know, on Instagram and I, Gays Against Guns was one of the first I think I followed. And um, because it's my community, because is a uh, fight against guns violence. So it's, and, and it's born out of, you know, the pulse should, and that's exactly what happened, you know, for me. Um, so it's, it's like, it's, it's a great match, you know? So I love Gays Against Guns, yeah. Well, I can say we we love you. We're very glad to have you with us. And I know I personally look forward to seeing you at every meeting and every action with that beautiful smile. I was also wondering for our listeners and for other uh, local people here in the New York City area, if you could talk a little bit about your album and uh, where 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 uh, listeners can uh, find your music, where they can see you, any upcoming performance dates that you might have, you know, maybe sure, give, sure. Us a bit of, give us the press kit version, you know. <laughs> Yes, thank you. Thank you, Sean. Um, so you can definitely find my music on my website, irenemusic.com. So E-R-E-N-E music.com. And you can find updates about shows there um, on my tour page. And also you can 
purchase the music if you want directly from my website you know and there's some merchandise I am um, excited about my t-shirts and you know tote bags and all that um, I'm playing shop right now which is kind of a, a childhood dream and uh, <laughs> so uh, but also on Spotify you know you can search for my name Irene Mastrangeli with my last name Apple Music and um my, uh, I have a CD release party uh, coming up. That's going to be a full band show, an all women band. I am so excited about that. It was also a dream of mine. Uh, full band uh, at Rockwood Music Hall, um, stage one. Uh, and that's on Allen Street, right south of um, Houston Street, uh, December 9th at 7 p.m. Uh, and that's actually a free show. It's just by donation. Sounds be- really exciting. Love it. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I'll be there. But how many of you are going to be there, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> let's see. Let's see who shows up. <laughs> thank you so very much, Irena, for joining us today on Radio Gag. This has okay. been such a pleasure. I and I love getting to hear about you, and I hope we can hear more from you on this show and at Gays Against Guns, respectively. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's like a, uh, it's an honor to be here today. I'm really grateful. Absolutely honored. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Irene Mastrangeli. we
To find out more about working with us, please go to gaysagainstguns.net or follow us at Gays Against Guns New York on Facebook and Instagram or Gagno Guns on Twitter. We meet once a month at the LBGTQ Center on 13th Street in Manhattan and on Zoom. Please email gagsignup at gmail.com and we'll provide you with a Zoom link and details for our next meeting in December. Everyone is welcome at any and all gag events. You can donate to Gays Against Guns. Currently, we're producing a documentary about Gays Against Guns by filmmaker Paul Rowley and preparing to participate December 14th in the 11th Annual Vigil of Remembrance in New York, sponsored by Moms Demand Action NYC and others centering the survivor community. You can contribute any amount on our webpage, gazeagainstguns.net. It is time to end our show. Thanks for listening. And we are back with a new episode almost every week. Upcoming shows will feature a series on the economic and social cost of gun violence. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows at any time on any major podcast platform. Our shows are also featured on Brick Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. Thank you. Have a great and safe day. 